Hello, and welcome to the Global Trading Podcast. I'm Terry Flanagan, editor at Global Trading. Today, I'm very pleased to be joined by Rachel Chua. Rachel is a credit analyst for Market Access in Singapore, who is a finalist in the Markets Media Women in Finance Asia Awards. We're going to be discussing the topic of women in finance in Asia, and we'll also talk about Rachel's personal career story. Rachel, hello, and thank you for joining us on the Global Trading Podcast. Hi, Harry. First off, if we can start, can you give us a little background? Tell us a little bit about your, your education and career to date, and sort of how and when did you, did you know you wanted to go into finance as a career? Okay, so um, I was born and I was raised in Singapore, and I grew up in a very typical Asian family. So um, I attended local school until I graduated from university. And at the point when I graduated, that was around uh, 2005, I never really thought about going into finance, but it just so happened that uh, when I graduated, there was a massive, like, uh, financial, the financial sector was booming in Asia and especially in Singapore. Mm-hmm. So it was relatively easy to find a job back then in the finance sector. So that was how I actually uh, got into the uh, financial sector. And uh, over the course of the uh, I've been working around for the past 13 years. I started off in a Japanese investment bank uh, doing doing credit analyst uh, job, uh, analyzing on uh, derivative structures. And then subsequently, I moved to a a local Singaporean bank. And then three years ago, I I saw an opportunity in market access. And that's how I ended up working in this company. Now, now speaking of you joining market access in 2017, I... I understand there's a, a bit of a personal story behind you joining the firm. Can you, you tell us a little about this? Oh, okay. Because we are on this point of uh, talking about women empowerment, gender equality. So um, I thought it would be interesting to share that uh, when I actually received the offer from Market Access for the role in, uh, for the credit analyst role in Singapore, I also found out that I was uh, pregnant. So at a point in time, um, I told the company that I was pregnant, but uh, in the back of my mind, I had this concept or this idea that there's a chance that the company will not be hiring me because um, I, I thought that, you know, being pregnant, you'll be seen as, um, you know, having, uh, uh, causing issues to the company with your uh, causing complications. So, mm-hmm. but of course, Market Access is not that kind of company. The company is, um, is not... It's non-discrimination, it's pro-family, it's inclusion. And so that's why it was never an issue for the company. And for the past three years that I work here, I'm often amazed at the support that the company has given to working moms and families and how the company has often helped us. Uh, if, if, if we could broaden out that part of the, the discussion a little bit and talk a little bit about the laws in Asia around employees and family leave. What is your perspective about you know how this the, these laws are compared with elsewhere in the world, and has this affected you at all in your in your professional career? Okay, I think in Asia, right, it actually depends on the countries. So different every different Asian countries they have different laws and regulation with regards to uh, uh, family leaves, with regards to maternity leaves. So uh, it can range between eight weeks to sixteen weeks. Uh, for me personally. 
my experience has been uh, very smooth in the company. As I've said, that the company is um, is very supportive of, of working women. It's very supportive of a uh, uh, family. But at the same time, I have a lot of my other friends that are also in financial sector, working in other banks, but also in Singapore, that they they do go back uh, much earlier than um, the, uh, the 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 maternity leaves that was granted to them because they are afraid that uh, they may not have a job when they go back. They were afraid that they'll be sidelined. That's why they actually went back early. So in terms of the maternity leaves as uh, or the parental leave as compared to like uh, other countries, probably Asia is not as gen Asian countries are not as generous as the Europeans. But I think uh, we have actually progressed quite a lot. And on a somewhat related note, there there's a salary gap. This this is, uh, I think, still the case worldwide, a persistent salary gap between women and men. And in, in Asia, I, I believe the number is that women earn about 80 cents uh, on average for every $1 that men earn in the workplace. How how do you think this situation is evolving? And, and what is the current conversation on this topic? And foremost, I think this, believe this salary gap between a man and a woman, right? That exists all over the world. It's not just in Asia. But when you look at Asia, the one of the main factors that's contributing to the salary differences, in my opinion, could is actually psychological. So um, probably I can explain this further. Um, this is based on my personal experience as uh, someone who, had, who grows up in Asia. Um, when I was young, my mom... She expects me to help out with the housekeeping. She expects me to help her with the cooking, the cleaning of the house. Whatever that she's doing, she also expects me to help out. However, this kind of expectation of on the housekeeping, it does it has never applied to my brother. Okay. So um, so whenever I complain and I ask her, like, um, why am I required to do that? The answer that was given to me is he's a boy and you're a girl. So that's what you're required to do. So over the years, you grow up in this kind of uh, conditioning. You are conditioned to think that, you know, cleaning the house, uh, taking care of the children is actually a woman's responsibility. And subsequently, when we come out to work, we have our own family. And then you you still, you, you, you still have that kind of um, conditioning. You still feel that this is your primary role, that you are required to be a good wife, you are required to be a good mother. And to do that, you still have to do this kind of house, uh, the housekeeping roles. But at the same time, the boys are conditioned to think that that's not what they are required to do. But on the other hand, when when we start to work, we, we can't have just one, uh, one breadwinner in the family because of the cost of living. So both the husband and the wife have to work. And subsequently, when you have a family, you, you start to think, which is the important? Is your family important or is the uh, career important? And most of the time in Asia, we tend to put family first. And so that I know of many friends who decided, who, who are educated, who have a good career in finance. But after they have children, they decided to, you know, to part-time, um, uh, decrease their hours of working. And as a result, you have less industrial experience and Subsequently, your pay, you can't compare to the men over the years. So I think that is part of the reason why we are seeing this kind of uh, income disparity. Yeah, that's that, that's very interesting. Uh, as it sounds like a cultural barrier of sorts to women empowerment in Asia. Do you, would, you, would you uh, say there are, are other cultural barriers to women empowerment? I think um, the other thing is also uh, not just the stereotyping of what 
the roles of a woman. At the same time, there's also a lot of um, uh, general uh, gender uh, stereotyping on the roles of a man. For example, sometimes we, we read in the papers, there's a, a stay-at-home fathers, a house husband, but actually in, in this part of the world, the concept of a house husband or, or a father being the main caregiver of family is actually not not common and there's a very big stigma attached to a man choosing not to work not being a provider of the family so because of all this stereotyping right the woman still has to you know they, they still have to uh be do do whatever that is required of them but i think that the the the, the situation is actually improving as compared to the past and it can actually improve further so for example it's like how are we going to uh, treat our children? We have to stop all these kind of uh, gender stereotyping. We shouldn't. We shouldn't be telling the girls that uh, you 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 should be playing toys related to cooking or toys related to dolls. So, or boys, we shouldn't be just stereotyping and labeling them as uh, you know you should play with uh, trucks and cars. It's it's just that we just want them to grow up without that kind of conditioning, which will help. So, so sounds like the the next generation, uh, perhaps the sons and daughters today, will will have a different landscape. Say when 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 they're in the in the professional workplace. Yes, I'm sure. Okay, now now uh, you know you're a, a successful woman in finance, and as a successful woman in finance, I, I imagine you have had some some role models who have helped you advance in your career. Can you tell us a little about, about this? Of, uh, you know, if you can cite any role models who have been particularly helpful and you know, how you see yourself maybe being a role model to uh, younger people in the workplace. The one person that I personally look up to is actually my mom. Um, during her time, right, uh, my grandparents, they don't believe that women should be educated. So my mom is actually not very well educated. And uh, she wasn't given that kind of opportunity that uh, I was given in terms of education, but she still taught herself, uh, she still self-taught herself to read, to study, and then subsequently set up her own business. And because of that, she's also wise beyond her years. Uh, she believes that, you know, the way forward for women, the way forward for the future generation is actually through education. That's why she, she, she told me when I was uh, studying that, you know, no matter how, uh, how hard life gets, right? I will still make sure that you get your education. And you can see over the years, the generation from my grandparents to my mom to myself, the, the, the empowerment of women is actually evolving and it's actually improving. And I think for the next generation, it will, uh, the situation will be even better. What would be your, your advice to a young woman, say, in, at, in the university right now who's uh, considering going into uh, a career in finance or maybe someone who's just starting out in, in finance, what would be your words of wisdom? Um, this was something that uh, was told to me when I first started working. This was told by an ex-manager. He told me that you shouldn't think of money. When you're young, you shouldn't think of money. It means that um, when you first started working, your peers, you and your peers, you'll compare like how much you are earning, how much the, your, your friends are earning, but that shouldn't be the case. The first few years when you start working, it should be to acquire experience and to learn as much as you can. Because it's only when you have that experience, when you have that experience, 
subsequently the money will come in because companies will want to hire you. That was what he told me. And I also feel that secondly, don't be afraid to sacrifice. It means that sometimes you'll compare like, why am I given more work than others? Why why are my uh, colleagues doing less than us? But, and then you might feel like mentally unbalanced. But actually, the more you do, the better you become. And the and it's actually helpful for you to grow. So I think that too actually stuck with me until today. That's great, great advice. And and if you were to uh, sell a, a young woman on joining Market Access, what would you would you tell them about the uh, opportunities working for the, the company specifically? Okay, first and foremost, right, Market Access is, um, I would just ask, where do you see yourself in the next five to 10 years? Do you just see yourself working in a just a normal career, just a nine to five job? Or do you see yourself in a company, in an organization that's transformative and a company that's actually changing how changing the future and changing how market works. So if you see that uh, this is something that you want to leave a legacy for yourself and you have that fire in your belly, then probably market access is the place to join. Okay, great. Well, Rachel, uh, thank you You've very much. It's been a very interesting discussion. You know, really appreciate you joining us on the Global Trading Podcast. And, and uh, please say, say hi to your mom for us. <laughs> thank you, Terry. I will say hi to her. Thank you very much, Rachel. I've, uh, my guest today was Rachel Chua, Credit Analyst for Market Access in Singapore. I'm Terry Flanagan for the Global Trading Podcast.